Welcome to episode 9 of F-Stop, Collaborate, and Listen with host Matt Payne. Today's guest is Chris Williams from Seattle, Washington. Uh, Man, Chris is a really cool dude to talk to. You know, I used to live up in the Northwest and shot a lot of the same subjects that Chris did. And if you check his work out, you can really see his passion for that subject. It is really off the charts. Um, Really cool dude to talk to. You know, we, we covered a lot of subjects today social media, uh, compositions, artistic flow, black and white photography, uh, how to edit black and white photography, uh, how do you approach a scene to shoot it. Um, Man, we just covered a lot of territory. I think you guys are going to really like this one. Um, Don't forget to rate me, uh, rate the podcast on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks a lot. Take care. Williams, it's awesome to have you on the podcast, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a good time so far. I, uh, I've uh, had some really interesting conversations with some pretty cool cats, so hoping to keep this going for a while. Definitely. Sounds good, man. Yeah. So, man, uh, I feel like I, you know, I don't, we've never met, but we've talked a lot online, like different groups and Facebook chats and things like that. Um, but I think I found you because uh, when I moved to Portland uh, about four years ago, I was, you know, just trying to look at other people's work to see what was out there worth shooting. <laughs> and uh, I think I ran across you in the circle of Northwest photographers. Yeah, that sounds about right, man. I was, I was actually trying to think back to myself about, uh, about how, we, how we came across each other. And I think that's more or less how it happened. It seems to be the kind of the common theme up here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, like, seems like everyone kind of, you know, knows someone that knows someone. Like, there's like a, it's like the Kevin Bacon, only it's like twice removed instead of seven. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Uh, I just got back from a trip uh, to Monument Valley with a bunch of photographers. And, like, everybody that was there, like, had at least at least three people that they knew in common like it was crazy oh yeah man it's it's weird the way that works photographers especially in the landscape because it's such a niche community you know it's uh yeah you, you never would have thought so just because of how much great work there is out there but people do know each other yeah definitely definitely <laughs> yeah so um i was studying up on uh on your website and i guess i never realized um you and i kind of have a similar uh background and intro to photography like sounds like you know you kind of got into it just from you know being into hiking and wanting to take pictures of your hikes and then you're like wow I, I want to do more of that yeah no that's exactly what happened man like I, I had a little point and shoot that I took with me for climbing and hiking and stuff um, and I just caught the bug and I just I went out and bought a DSLR and I experimented a little bit as a kid um, with film photography uh, with my dad because he did a lot of semi-pro stuff um, when he was younger too so he kind of passed that on to me a little bit and uh, yeah I took a long break when I was in you know sports in high school and college and stuff and I kind of came back to it uh, full circle it was, it's pretty cool that's super cool man like uh, I saw that your your, um, your dad did some photography it sounds like 
passed it on to you, which is pretty cool. My 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 dad actually did a bunch of photography too. Like he did a bunch of black and white and stuff like that. Um, which I know you're super into black and white now. It seems like. Yeah, it's it's kind of been my uh, my jam for for the past I don't know six seven months. I've always kind of been into it, but lately it's been a real uh, point of emphasis for me. Um, yeah, talk talk to me about that because I'm curious about how you got why why that's uh, why that's a thing for you. Um, I've always kind of been drawn to it because it really it, it emphasizes the subject and light and shadow, and it's not so much about you know paying attention to your your details in the darks and all these little nitpicky things about, you know, uh, color theory and all this stuff, it boils photography down to, like, the basics, right? And I think it makes it more challenging in a sense because you don't have the, the colors and stuff to offset what could be kind of a boring composition, you know? So you really have to focus on your comp. You really have to focus on uh, the way the light is moving throughout the scene. And um, I don't know. It's, I just like it because it's just more challenging for me. I think it's just a lot of fun, and, and when it does work, I think it's just it, for me. It, it's the satisfaction you get out of it is, is pretty cool. I love it. Yeah, I, every once in a while I'll dabble in black and white, but it's it's never it's never been like uh, like a focus for me. Like I haven't never gone out and said I'm just gonna shoot for black and white today. But I can totally see how like it adds a whole extra layer of complexity to like how you envision the shot um yeah definitely and i mean even even more so in telephoto work which is another emphasis i've been doing uh, you know for the past six seven months uh, than that um it adds kind of another layer a dynamic layer to, to things you know even even if the sky's got some cool clouds but the colors aren't there the light is you know is still looking pretty good you can make some pretty cool images from uh from what you got yeah, absolutely. I mean, so that's usually when I'm converting stuff to black and white. I'm like, oh, like there's not a lot of color. But let's see what it looks like in black and white. <laughs> well, it's funny, man. It, it's a common theme, but you know, like you, you catch the bug after a while. Though. Like, I think that's kind of what happened to me too. I was like, man, this will look really good in black and white. So I do a couple conversions. But like, okay, that kind of works. And it just yeah. went on for me. I just kind of kept doing it. And now I kind of pre-visualize stuff in black and white a little bit more than what I used to. So it's pretty cool. <clears throat> Yeah, that's awesome. Is so I um I noticed you uh, recently switched to uh, Fuji. I'm assuming the XT2. Yeah, that was a pretty pretty big change for me because I've been shooting full frame for a long time, and uh, I don't know, man. I love the simplicity of the system. It kind of brings me back to, to film a lot um, and the handling of the, the dials on the camera. You know, it's got like the twin main dials and. Uh, the simplicity of the menu system and the lenses. Oh my god, the lenses are great. Um, the glass is some of the best I've seen, and I've, I've shot Canon L series glass for a long time. And I've, I've shot Sony glass, Sigma glass. Um, I tested a lot of that stuff while I was working on DP review, and uh, the Fujifilm glass, man, they're they're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot of people talk about that. Like uh, David Kingham, I know shoots Fuji and. Uh, he swears by it. I, mean, I was really considering switching to Fuji myself because um, I was, I, my my motivation was just to get a lighter system for backpacking. But um, I ended up going the Sony route. But it, man, I I I had gave it a strong consideration for sure. Yeah. But I was wondering uh, for the for Fuji. Um, I know they have like a shooting mode that's just for black and white. Are you using that to to kind of visualize your shots or? Um, or do you shoot in color and then convert it later? Yeah, I just shoot everything in uncompressed raw color and just convert it. Okay. Um, once in a while, like if I'm out like doing street photography or something, I'll just put it in uh, the monochrome 
Yeah. And that's kind of fun because it's challenging, you know, because you're, you're getting JPEGs. You can't really. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, it kind of forces you to think a little bit more, which is kind of like film. That's that's a cool thing, you know. It's got a lot of really cool features to it that kind of uh, harken back to the film days, which is, which is pretty sweet. I like it. <clears throat> yeah, that's sweet. So um, one of the things that uh, I was curious about um, – you, you, I, no, I noticed you had started working at D Preview, but it sounds like you're not anymore. But what was that? What was your, what was that job about? Um, it was cool, man. So my my background, I was actually um, molecular virologist. I used to study viruses at the University of Washington. I was there for about oh six and a half years. So I oh wow, was really heavy in technical writing and theory and. Um, you know, experimental method, things like that. And so they brought me on a deeper review to test lenses and to build uh, SOPs and stuff for developing new testing methodologies for equipment and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. I, I got a lot of stuff done while I was there. Um, you know, it was, just, it was just time for me to move on. So. That's cool, man. Makes sense. So that, well, I, I didn't know you were into the, like, molecular biology and stuff. I'm curious, how does that, uh, how does your past work life uh, influence your photography process? Um, I kind of see myself as kind of a naturalist, I guess, because of the whole biology background. I, um, I majored in molecular um, bio at the UW, and it, uh, it definitely has kind of instilled in me like a sense of, uh, of awareness when you're out in the field, you know, um, which is a pretty big thing, especially. Um, you know, nowadays where you've got a lot of issues going on with, uh, you know, the natural monuments and stuff like that. And actually the Instagram crowd, you know, going out there and doing their thing too, it makes it, it makes it kind of difficult. So it, that kind of, that's definitely influenced me in a way that I think we should, you know, preserve what we have and try to take care of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's one of the things I talked to with a couple other of my guests too, including, uh, Paul Ziska. He's in Banff, and we talked a lot about that. And I used to be so funny. Um, this <laughs> this podcast has been actually pretty fun for me. Like it actually changed my whole perspective on on workshops because I've always been kind of um, I wouldn't say anti workshop, but I've always kind of had a like negative view on them just because it brings a bunch of people into the into the landscape, and you know inevitably that's going to have an impact on the landscape. But then what he told me just totally clicked with me, which was like, yeah, and you get all these people who don't think like we do about the natural world, and you connect them to the natural world through photography, and then they now have that same perspective about wanting to conserve the environment, which I was like, oh, that's brilliant. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it's cool, man. It gives, if you, when you become a teacher, it enables you to really kind of instill your, your viewpoint a little bit. And kind of plant a seed, you know, and you just hope they run with it when they're done with the workshop. It's uh, it's cool, man. It can really it can really start a mom, kind of a momentum going, you know. Um, and I hope it continues. I just hope that people, you know, realize that you know everything is is pretty fragile. You know, it's not going to be around forever if you don't do what you need to do. So. Yeah, and I know, I th I think you do some workshops once in a while. What's your approach to doing those? Um, definitely like from a sustainability approach like I, I really try to preach you know to people like tread lightly leave no trace don't go tromping through a meadow you know follow follow game trails you know there's there's ways that you can take some amazing photos while not destroying the environment like sitting on flowers and stuff like that you know 
um, that's a big one for me. And, and, and just, I want people to realize, you know, you really got to know, you got, you got to walk before you can run with, with photography. You really have to dial in your, your basics. And people want to know about exposure blending and luminosity masks before they even know how to take a picture, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, uh, I took on a, a student uh, just uh, through the local high school. I took on a student for a few weeks here. And, uh, I, you know, I, was, I didn't know how much experience he had. And the first meeting I had with him, I, I learned very quickly that he did not know how to use his camera. So I was like, okay, instead of talking about post-processing and blending and stuff like that, we're going to talk about exposure, <laughs> you know? Like, let's talk about shutter speed and ISO. And it was, it was just so funny how, like, he, I think he wanted to, like, jump into the, like, how do you do Milky Way photos? I'm like, let's talk about not making a blurry photo first, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, for real. I mean, there's, you got to know the, the basics, you know? And a lot of people like skipping ahead because they just really want to, uh, you know, try to try to get into uh, uh, the more intense stuff, you know, and get, make these pictures that people like, you know, Ryan are creating or David are creating, you know, and it's like, uh, you, you can't do that right away. I mean, I made some mistakes early on too because I had some, you know, crappy images that I tried to make something out of through post processing that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I still do that. <laughs> I think we all do once in a while, man. <laughs> yeah, that's just part of the part of the process, I guess. Yeah, it for sure, definitely is. That's the beauty of it, though, man. It's 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 ongoing, never ending learning. You know. Yeah, it's. That's kind of one of the things I like about it, you know, it's like every, that's why it's, it's fun to go out with new people sometimes too, because you're like, oh, I never even thought about doing that, yeah, you know, whatever, it is, you know, like a, a certain type of technique or something like that. It's like, oh, I would have never thought of that on my own. Yeah, no, it's great. I love going, meeting up with people too. It's just like, you finally get to, to chat with people you've talked to online for, you know, however long, and then you get to learn stuff too, you know, it's, it's pretty yeah. best of both worlds. So tell me about your trip to Alaska, dude. Oh man, that was something. So we went on um, a cruise and it was, it's not necessarily, I wouldn't say it's the best way to do Alaska because being on the ground is, is definitely the best way and you can, you have more freedom to do what you want, but being tied to a boat does have its benefits. I mean, we, um, so we sailed from um, Seattle, um, which was really convenient. <laughs> And uh, my grandma actually got the cruise for us. It was like a, a, a thank you to us for helping them sell their house um, and get moved into a new community. Um, okay. So it was, it was my wife, um, my parents, my grandma, and my great aunt. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was unbelievable. The, the cool thing that I will say about sailing um, through the straits up by you know, Skagway and Glacier Bay and Juneau, all through that area, is you get to see some 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 country that you couldn't see on foot. You know, you either have to be like in a helicopter flying lower or um, doing the boat thing because it's it's absolutely impossible to get those vantage points because, I mean, the mountains just drop straight into the sea. I mean, it's just a... Right. Yeah, unless you're, unless you're like, doing some expedition-style stuff, it's pretty tough. Yeah, it definitely is. And, I mean, that's, that's something I would love to do eventually when I have time but <laughs> yeah right yeah cruise kind of gives you the benefit of like not having to worry about anything but you can go on the deck and see some just mind-blowing stuff i mean i was out there shooting for like three four hours at a time sometimes depending on where we were um which, yeah it looks like you guys went to like uh skagway yeah we went up to skagway so we stopped in uh in ketchikan um juno skagway 
And then we did a 360 in Glacier Bay, which was pretty cool because the, the weather was just unreal. It was in the um, 70s, 60s and 70s and sunny. I mean, um, it, was, it was unreal. Not, that's unheard of for Alaska for that stretch of the time, especially nowadays. Because, I mean, May, May may get rain. They only have like two days of sun early in May. <laughs> yeah, right. That's funny. My my roommate in college is actually he lived half the year in Skagway and half the year in Cortez, Colorado. Oh, nice! And and his parents own a. I think they still own it. They own like a little popcorn stand there in Skagway. So, huh. like if yeah, if you're ever there again, you can, like go to a pop stand popcorn stand there, and that's probably my buddy's parents. That's funny. That's whole world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So. Oh, go ahead. Uh, it, it was just a blast. I mean, if you if you get a chance to do a cruise, I think Alaska is the best one to do. I mean, it's not warm, you know, but the scenery is just unmatched. It, it, it's just really incredible. It was good stuff. Yeah, I was taking a look at some of your photos from there. Like, it looks like right now you only have a couple, like three on your website, but um, like your processing of your black and whites is like, it's it's. It's the style that I like to do is like, you know, push your black super black and your white super white. What do you, like what is your kind of method for that for black and whites cuz I don't think a lot of people do it, you know what I mean? Yeah, um the Fujifilm files are are a bit of a challenge because you can't I don't I don't bring them into Lightroom or use um raw to sharpen. Um, them right off the bat. I go through and, and do a DNG conversion using something called an Iridian, Iridian plugin. Okay. Uh, Iridian X transformer. Um, and, you know, David actually, I talked to him for a while before I left for the trip um, when I was thinking about switching to Fujifilm. And he mentioned that that was the best way to go right now. I completely agree because you can get some really nasty sharpening artifacts if you use um, Camera Raw. Uh, huh. Which is, it's just, it's, I don't know, something haven't worked out yet, but. They are working on supposedly. I don't know. Um, I'm also not using Creative Cloud, so I don't know. People might have better luck now than uh, than, they, than they did previously. But oh right. Um, so anyway, that's the first step, and then after bringing in like um, I do a lot of brightness contrast layers, and then I do um, like a wide um, what do you call that like a it's luminosity mask. It's one of the um, ex- oh expanded wide mint tones. Oh, okay. Yeah, I use that a lot to push pull um, the darks and the lights to get more of a dramatic effect, and I do a lot of dodging and burning and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so are you using like TK panels or something? Yeah, TK luminosity mask, exactly. Yeah. yeah. TK panels, great. Um, and it works really well with black and white photos. Um, nice. Yeah, I've actually never used TK panels. I'm I'm lazy, I guess. Oh, uh, it's different, man. Everyone's got their own, you know, their own method of doing things. I just like it because I, I feel like it kind of gives more of a refined set of tools but i mean if you've got your own method that works i mean no. No, I, I didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> i have my own method i, I don't know if it works <laughs> I, dude I, I don't even know if i'm doing this stuff right out of time i just think it looks good and i just run with it you know it's just yeah i know that's kind of how it goes it's like oh i, I like how that looks i'm gonna do that <laughs> that's art though man that's what this is all about you know it's about kind of just having fun with it but yeah the tk actually yeah. is pretty sweet i like i like using it um but yeah, yeah. I was, uh, why put- I was at the, I was at Paul Rojas uh, last weekend. He 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 was raving about it, and I'm like, oh, I guess I should pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got one of the old versions too that Ryan first uh, hooked me up with a long time ago, and 
yeah, man, it's 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 funny. Like the newest version looks completely sick. I just I haven't done it yet. I haven't migrated to the cloud and done that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it one of these days. Just haven't haven't pulled the plug yet. <laughs> yeah. So have you uh, have you been living up there uh, in uh, Seattle for a long time? Yeah, all my life, man. Uh, born and raised in uh, South. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever made it out here to Colorado? You know, I haven't. Um, I've been. I've, I've never been east of the Rockies. As bad as that sounds, I've just always been so busy with school and work, and haven't done a lot of traveling. My wife has been everywhere, so um, it's kind of a good balance because hopefully she's gonna break me out of the house a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I think you'd like it. It's. I mean, it's. You know, there's parts of Colorado like where I live where you can get some pretty dramatic mountainscapes. Um, you know, you have to work for it. You know, you have to. You have to the access isn't, you know, it's not like you can just drive up a road and boom, you're there. But you can see some pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, man. Up in up in Washington, we have the enchantments. And if you, oh yeah. If you get a chance to shoot up that way, man, it's it's mind blowing. It's like a little Patagonia. <laughs> yeah, I was actually trying to go on a trip there a couple of years ago, and I lived in Portland with with the crew I was running with back then, with uh, you know Paul Bowman and Brian Kibbins oh, and yeah. and uh, Michael Bellino, but we never we never could pull it off but yeah it's been on my list for sure man <laughs> yeah. yeah and you have to get a permit which is crazy the lottery system man i've been getting screwed by that like i went back in 2013 i haven't won another ticket to go in since <laughs> uh, yeah yeah that's part of, part of why i haven't done it too it's like because i want to you know control my schedule a little bit but man it's, it looks like a pretty amazing place especially with those uh i can't remember there are a couple of those trees oh, the uh yeah, those are yeah. awesome. <laughs> These days I'll get in here in the fall. That's been another thing that I've on my bucket list. Uh, yeah, yeah, it looks so cool. Yeah, man, when they get that golden color, it's pretty cool. I've seen them up in Mount Rainier National Park. Like last year, I saw them up there a little bit. But yeah, man, it's just a whole different ball game because you get a ton of them up there. Yeah. So, what are some of your favorite locations to shoot up there in Northwest? Um. I love the rainforest, um, heading out to like the Ho and Quinault, the Keats, um, and then going out to, uh, the coast, you know, I love like, you know, Ruby beach, second beach, third beach. Yeah. There is, um, Rialto is amazing to have that sea stack glass, but it's, it's beautiful, beautiful area. The other cool place that I like going to is the Gifford Pinch Shop. Yep. Yep. Um, it's, it's kind of one of those gems that not many people have been really you know doing a lot in for a long time so it's uh it's kind of cool to go explore all the waterfalls and stuff that are out that way yeah i was looking at your waterfall shots and i was like oh, i've been to most of those places but man it's like a lot of the stuff in the gorge is just so overpopulated now it's crazy yeah and it's just every time i've one thing i will say about the gorge is it really makes you think about your composition because it's like yeah it does what what doesn't somebody have you know <laughs> Yeah, you're like, how many uh, shots of Eloa reflected are there out there? Yeah, no, it's it's just, it's crazy, man. So you try to go in, like, at different times of year when people haven't necessarily shot it before or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. It makes it challenging, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so one of the other things um, you had mentioned to me was that uh, you had a couple of contest wins this year? Yeah, so I got a, um, a silver... And the uh, silver medal in the Epson Pano Awards. Um, 
And then I got, um, I was rated one of the top 101 photos um, in the International Landscape Photographer Awards, which is pretty cool. I got published in a book, which I still haven't bought, but I think <laughs> <laughs> um, And the Siena Awards, I was a finalist in, which was pretty sweet. Uh, so what's the, uh, I've noticed a lot of people enter that Epson one. What's the, is like, you pay like a certain amount of money and then you can submit. How does that work? Yeah. So like, I think the Epson panel awards is like 25 bucks an entry or something. Okay. It, it just depends on like, I, this year I'm not sure if I'm going to enter any contest. It was kind of fun last year, but I don't know. I might throw a couple in. It's, uh, it's all right. You just got to pay some money and, you know, just see how you do. Um, it's, it's interesting though. Like Alex, uh, Noriega cleaned up last year. Like he absolutely killed it. Well-deserved. Oh yeah. Uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool though. You get to see a lot of cool work and you get to see a lot of photographers that you may not have heard of before. So, yeah. Have you noticed, uh, any ROI on contest wins? Oh, nah, not really. I mean, it's just kind of yeah. a, a celebratory pat on the back for yourself, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered that cause I, I enter a contest maybe once, once a year, once every other year. And, you know, it's always like, oh, I wonder if this is actually worth my time. I guess it depends. Like, I guess if you win a ton of them, you can probably get some good publicity. But yeah, and if you if you win them, then you get prizes too. Like some of the cash prizes were pretty good size um, in some of those contests. But I mean, the competition is ridiculous. Oh, it's insane, right? It's 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 like even if you think your stuff is like halfway good, you start looking at other people like, man, I shouldn't even have entered. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's one thing I've been saying for a long time. You know, if the Man, if, if you compare yourself to other other photographers, you're always gonna find someone who's got better stuff. Oh yeah, but you know what? I, I don't. I look at it as like a inspiration thing. It's a learning. Yeah, totally. So like, it's it's cool, man. I don't know. I think you know we're all in the same gig, and it's just kind of cool to um, you know to see what other people are doing out there. It makes it fun. Yeah. So, um, kind of jumping around a little bit, but uh, I'm really curious about. Um, you had mentioned you're going to start writing some articles about your your switch to Fuji. I'm, you know, having just switched to Sony myself, um, I'm really interested in in that process for people about you know like, you know, two months in, six months in, are you regretting it? You know what I mean? Like, because I so far I haven't regretted it yet, but I'm I'm wondering if at some point I'm going to be like I just wish I would have stuck to something else. But what do you think? Um. So far, so good, man. I knocked out probably 1,500 images on that trip to Alaska over eight days. Um, and a lot of them are, are real nice keepers. Um, the lens quality is... I used my telephoto lens like the entire time to my XF100 to 400. Uh, such a good lens. Dude, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, the equip line is like 600 millimeters, so you can't really beat that. I mean, the reach is just unreal. Um, but yeah, so it's it's been interesting. So far, I've really enjoyed the system and the simplicity of the controls. Um, and uh, everything seems to be to be great. And the files are really clean. Um, I can push and pull them quite a bit. Um, I uh-huh. you know, maybe not as much as like an A7R, but it's it's or an A7R2 rather, but it's 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 about a stop and a half to two stops behind, I think, the A7R2 and the DA ten. Right, um, but I was shooting an A7R, you know. So like when I switched, it wasn't that big of a jump for me to go down a little bit. It's like maybe a stop and a half behind an A7R. Um, yeah, I shot the A7R for like two months, and uh, I was shooting a. I remember now I was shooting Kusa Falls, and like there was a ton of mist, uh, 
<laughs> and it just turned off and it wouldn't turn back on. Welcome to my life for the last like four and a half years that I've been shooting or four years that I've shot A7R. So uh, were you shooting with adapted glass too? No, I was shooting the 1635. Sony? Oh man. Yeah, that's, it's rough. I, I never understood that like water and that camera do not get along. I know many people have had the same problem with A7R2. And that's one of the reasons why I decided not to do an A7R2, aside from cost, too, because it's ridiculously expensive and Sony lenses aren't cheap. Um, so, yeah, it was <laughs> the weather ceiling is an issue with Sony cameras. I know a lot of people you know, like to say otherwise. but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, knock on wood, I haven't had any problems yet with my A7R2, but, man, it's always in the back of my mind, like, I, I baby it. <laughs> yes, that's the thing. Like, I wanted a system that I, I didn't have to baby, you know? And that's why, like, I was so stoked about Fujifilm setup because if you're shooting with weather-sealed lenses and with camera body, I mean, it's it's a better setup than, than Sony at this point in terms of weather sealing. No, abs- absolutely no questions asked. Although, I did take mine uh, on a, like, I did half the Grand Canyon rafting trip, um, and I didn't have any issues. <laughs> Yeah, not good, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I had a Pelican case, and oh. like it was pretty, it was pretty bomb-proof. I didn't get any water on it or anything, but not really. So, it could have been a disaster. Yeah, no kidding, man. I, I if I had brought my A7R on a trip like that, I would have been like praying the entire time nothing went bad. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. It's, so, uh, one of the things I I think I noticed about your work is you don't do a lot of. Um, like you don't add what's not there like you don't do a ton of composites or anything like that but you do i think you do do some like light bleed and stuff like that talk to me about about your your approach and process yeah so when i first started out it was a lot more extreme on some on my editing process like i did more light bleed light painting and stuff like that um but as i've gone on like i just i kind of like just working with what's there and trying to emphasize the light um that's my biggest thing is like light and contrast, directionality of light, paying attention to where, you know, light should be and light shouldn't be. It's always fun when you jump on 500px and you see these photos that are just horrible because they like, they like composite or something. The light is completely wrong, you know, and, and it's just, it's really interesting. And, and that's one thing I tried to do is like make a scene, um, you know, depart from reality a little bit because that's the whole idea behind photography. But I don't want to, you know, take the person completely out of, you know, what, but something that you could see walking out your back door kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's fun. Like, I, I try it's too extreme, but, you know, it's... The black and white stuff gives you more freedom, which is something I kind of like, so... Uh, how so? Because black and white in and of itself is kind of a departure from reality unless you're, you know, colorblind or something. True. You know, most people aren't going to experience black and white. So when you when you switch to, to black and white or monochrome, I think it gives you more artistic freedom um, to kind of play with things a little bit to make it look more like what you have in mind um, as an artist. And people won't question it. Yeah, well, not as much, right? I mean, because, I mean, you look at it, what Ansel Adams did back in the day, you know. I right. That, that was pretty extreme for, for his era, so. Yeah, people didn't have a problem with that. Yeah, exactly. So it kind of gives you a little bit more freedom. Um and it's it's just simplicity. It just makes it you know it makes it a lot for me. It's a lot more fun to edit photos that way because I feel like the constraints are kind of let go a little bit. And I can kind of do things the way I want to do them. Yeah. So you're a you're a full time professional with a job and all that stuff. So uh, what is 
what is photography about for you? Because I'm assuming, you know, you're not, you know, making billions of dollars a year on it. So what, what does it do for you? Yeah, def- definitely not. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. For me, it's kind of like I love the community aspect of it, and I love um, creating art and uh, that, that makes an impact, you know, and that makes people like if I get a comment like, oh, this is, you know, this is like change a perspective for me, it changes the way I think about something, you know, like that, that's huge for me, like just to, to make an impact and to hear from my peers that they enjoy the work too is something that's, I mean, that you can't buy that with money, you know, I mean, it's, it's just really the whole experience and being able to get outdoors and, and just take everything in with your camera and with your eyes is, is just, you know, you really, you couldn't ask for a better, a better hobby, whatever you want to call it, you know? Right. Do you ever, do you ever, uh, having started out as a, a pure kind of just outdoor explorer person, do you ever find that the photography um, interferes with or contradicts your desire for getting out and exploring? Um, and I know that sounds like a backwards question, but it's oh, something I struggle with. It's totally true, man. I, that is one of the hardest things for me because I don't have a lot of time, um, you know, with my day job, and it's I have to really kind of pick and choose where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do, um, and it revolves more around photography than it does saying I want to go for a hike, you know, or something like that. Right, totally. And it's, it just might mean that I'm driving five hours and hiking for, you know, four or five miles instead of doing like a 12-mile hike all day, you know, or something like that, depending on what, I'm, what I can and can't do on the weekend. Um, so yeah. It, it, it totally does. And it's funny that you brought that up because that is a major struggle for me. It's, it's really hard. Because I look back at some of the stuff I used to do back in the day, and I'm like, man, that was really cool, you know, like, um, I almost summited Rainier in 2012, and I was really big into climbing and all this stuff. And I look back at that, and it's like, man, I don't, I don't do any of that anymore. <laughs> Probably because I don't have time, you know. It's just. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I that's what I struggle with because my, you know, I'm I'm really big into mountain climbing personally, and I do most of my most of my trips. I'm trying to do like a backpack or a climb, and then photography is kind of like second. Um, but it's hard because it's, you know, it's like, oh, I really want to, uh, I really want to shoot this sunset and I really want to stay up and shoot the Milky Way, but I also want to sleep so that I can actually get to the top of the mountain tomorrow. And it's like, you have to pick two or not all three, you know, it's like, yeah, no, it's, it's really tough. Yeah. Like it's, it's interesting. So that's why if you're doing like a multi-day backpack, I think it's the best way to do it. If you can take a block of time for a photography trip. Yeah, trying to cramp stuff in, you know, like it, it makes it, it it's tough, man, because you do have to sacrifice in one way or another. You know, you have to really kind of pick and choose sometimes what you're going to do and what you have time. For. Right, your your photos will be worse, or your trip will be worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Self sacrifice, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, unless you have unlimited time, which I don't. But yeah, yeah, some people are are lucky in that way. You know, they they definitely have you know more time and more freedom to go explore and do things and. I, I live vicariously through those people. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. That's I'm always jealous. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. It makes it it's it's definitely cool to see everybody's going because social media just makes everything so accessible. But uh, it's kind of bittersweet, right? <laughs> it is a little. I mean, it like sometimes I just want to not go on social media because it's like it's like oh, everyone but me is doing something cool right now. Like last this last weekend. 
there was that huge aurora that went on. And I was like, well, everyone but me got a photo of the aurora. That's sweet. Well, you had me. I, I didn't go out at all because I, I had commitments all weekend with some stuff going on. And I just, I, I couldn't go. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so switching gears a little. Um, so do you have like a favorite um, shot of all time of yours? Oh, man. Um huh. Or like two or three? Uh, yeah, there's so my favorite black and white image, oddly enough, is of um, well, I have two favorite black and white images. One of them is of Matlaco Falls. Oh, uh huh. It's the one that's got like kind of a misty orb over it, and I took that one back. God, I think it was back in 2013, and I never processed it in black and white, and I decided to do that um, this past year. And, I've just fallen in love with that image. It's just it's just one of those things that I've always been to love, especially because that viewpoint's gone now. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, so... Is it is it this one called Contemplation? I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's got like the mist ab- above the falls. Yeah, yeah, that's... It's just... It's the uh, the portrait version. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's definitely it. Yeah, it's... Uh, that one is definitely up there with my personal favorites. So it's hard to pick favorite photos, you know, because you just take somebody and it's like, well, you know, I kind of like that, but... Right. <laughs> um, the second one for me is um, a black and white one that I really, really love is um, Illumination, I think is what it's called. And it's it's the one of Second Beach with the sun star and the, um, the pool, illuminated below the sun star. Uh, oh, yeah. See, I would never think to do a sun star with black and white that's funny (laughs) yeah that one that one's cool because about an hour earlier i had just proposed to my now wife on that beach oh totally like that is sentimental value too it was it was really yeah so absolutely dude that's one of my favorites for for a couple different reasons but definitely that so (laughs) yeah so do you have it do you have it printed um no we actually don't because we are looking for a new house and we don't want to print it until we know where we're gonna we're gonna put it <laughs> so, okay yeah yeah so I, I that one is gonna get printed though at some point for sure it's just a matter of time so nice so do you print a lot of your own work um yeah i've got a, a small collection of images in my office um my back wall has pretty much got it actually got quite a few um and then we have them kind of scattered throughout the house but we're i'm gonna be revamping everything i think when we move to the new house i'm gonna saw off a bunch of stuff and really kind of pick and choose like exactly what i want and what so. yeah <laughs> i uh my wife and i just bought a house in november and it's like it's pretty small so and it's got like um you know the 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 walls upstairs are all at an angle so you can't hang anything off them really oh, so I don't, I don't have much wall space so it's, it's it's made it like really you have to like pick like pick one photo and it's like okay <laughs> Know, right? It makes it because my I don't know if your wife's anything like mine, but like it's it's tough with her too because she likes a lot of my work, but she doesn't necessarily know what's put on the walls. <laughs> so it's kind of a constant struggle back and forth. It's like, oh, we should get this printed. We should get this printed. You know, like, whoa, where are we gonna hang it? So, <laughs> oh no, my my wife doesn't like my stuff. It's actually hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, she's like, no, I don't like that. I don't want to print that. Don't print that. I'm like, oh really? Come on. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> she's my toughest critic. Hey, that's not a bad thing, though. Like, I, I ask my wife once in a while, like, to come and take a look at an image and see if she likes it, and if not, then, you know, if it echoes me, I'll, I'll trash it, you know, it's just, 
it's kind of nice to have that in you know, the second opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's like, uh, uh, do you think this looks cool? And she's like, no, it looks stupid. I'm like, okay. <laughs> if she thinks it'll look stupid, then probably a lot of other people think it'll look stupid. So I'll move on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> so switching gears again, man. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about your approach to the creative process when you're in the field. Like, because I think this is one of the things I always enjoy sitting back and watching other people do. Like when I'm out shooting with them, is like seeing how they kind of eye a scene and look for like kind of what what speaks to them i guess yeah it's uh yeah that's that's the question isn't it (laughs) (laughs) you know it's interesting like depends i guess it really depends on um the location you know and like what you're looking to do like for instance when i was on that boat i mean I'm, i'm with the telephoto lens and i'm just seeing stuff with my eye that i think would look good compressed you know and I don't, I don't really look through the camera until I see a scene that I really think would look good, you know. And I'll put the camera to my eye and go, oh, okay, that works or it doesn't work, you know. And I'll kind of pan around. I do the same thing um, when I'm out, you know, doing telephoto work um, on the ground too. Like I always try to kind of visualize things and pre-visualize how I'm going to edit a little bit too. So um, I look for the lights coming in and see if I can get it to to do kind of the things that I want it to do in, in camera, so I don't have as much work to do on the back end. Um, you know, wide-angle stuff, I think, is, is definitely more challenging to a certain degree. It is, but it isn't, because, um, you know, you really have to watch your leading lines and finding things that look good for foregrounds and, you know, finding the right color variety if you're doing shooting for color, you know, and um, I think it kind of it throws in a lot of other variables. Uh, I, I kind of like telephoto work almost a little bit better, because uh, you know right away if it's going to work or not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's 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 easier to isolate your subject too. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it makes that's why I think it's it's fun too because like it gives you the kind of a little bit more freedom because like with a telephoto, you know, or wide angle lens, you're out there and you may get home and go, man, I I kind of dropped the ball on that one or something, you know. And it uh it, it makes it you know it's it's more of a challenge I think with wide angle stuff than it is with telephoto, at least for me. Yeah, no, I I agree. It is. It can be more challenging, especially because, guess worse when you you get home and you're like, oh, I didn't see that twig right there. Or like, oh, like that would have been cool if that rock wasn't in that spot. <laughs> you know, it's like, or you're like, oh, I wish I would have put something in the scene over there. Yeah, it's it's then it's harder to see all that because it's not a natural focal length for your eye yeah no exactly that's that's what makes it challenging and finding like the, the leading lines with waterfalls and stuff i think water and wide angle lenses are are definitely a match made in heaven because you can you can always you can most of the time at a waterfall so you can try and find a leading line with the water currents or rocks or something like that but right you know it, it's it's tough especially if you get to the meadows things like that um up in the cascades it's uh it can be a little challenging for people and that's one thing in workshops too that i try to you know, try and, and, and show people. It's it's definitely not necessarily intuitive for a lot of folks. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely run around a lot, and I never get stuck on the same composition. Like that's one thing I think people um, make mistakes with too. They find a composition they really like, and they keep they stay there because the light changes and the conditions change a little bit. You know, and I think it's important to mix it up a little bit and add some variety because you just never know what you're going to walk away with. Yeah, that's true. It's so funny because. Um... This last weekend when I was in Monument Valley, I was at uh, Hunt's Mesa 
I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's pretty cool. Like you have this sweet overlook of the whole entire Monument Valley area. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, like, you know, sunset's approaching and I'm like, okay, I gotta, you know, I'd found my spot that I wanted to shoot my telephoto shots. And then the light changes and I'm like, oh man, I don't know, if, like, I don't want to move this spot because like, then I'll have to redo my whole, all my settings on my tripod. Then I was like, but I really want to get this wide angle shot over here. And then, you know, by the time you're done, you're like, okay, I have like six photos of that are okay. And none of them that are great. Cause I was so impatient. <laughs> That's what I find with myself doing is like, I get too impatient with, with the light. Yeah, no, it's it's hard, man. Because sometimes you just you're waiting for so long for things to, to shape up the way you want it to, and um, and then it finally does, and it's not exactly what you thought. And then you're kind of scrambling around trying to figure out how to make do with the situation, you know? Yeah, you're like, oh man, I gotta make something out of this. Yeah, exactly. But you know, some of my best works come out of situations like that too, when you're just kind of like, okay, I gotta like calm down, take a deep breath, and really think about what I need to do to, to get something out of this, you know, especially if you've driven for six hours to God knows where, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst, man. You're driven and you're like, oh, crap, the light's gone. I better get something to take home or else I'm going to just feel like complete shit. Yeah, no, exactly, man. He just is like, what the hell? Like, this this is, this is trip is just for nothing if I don't do something about this. So it's, it's frustrating, but at the same time, it could be, like, super rewarding if you come out with something that looks, you know, pretty good or, or something different that you may not have thought of in that area. Yeah, totally. Um, so another topic I was hoping to talk to you a bit about was social media because um, I know that's how I found you originally, and, and I think you're pretty active on Facebook. Um, I'm not sure if you're active on, like, Instagram or not. I think you do have an Instagram account, but I don't know how – I'm sure you're posting a lot there. I just can't remember. Uh, but kind of what's what's your approach to social media? Um, yeah, it's interesting, man. Like, so Facebook is it's tough. It's really tough. I feel like my reach is crippled on my personal page and on my business page. And I yeah. can't figure out why. Like, I, I have, like, you know, like almost 2,000 friends or something on Facebook. And it uh, it's, it's just really – and then I've got, like, I think 10.3K on my Facebook page. But, like, it just seems like it never goes anywhere because of how they yeah them. it's just super frustrating so i don't know i try not to get bogged down by that too much anymore because i'm not really making money off of this anyway so right <laughs> um it's just more about you know seeing what other people are doing and enjoying other people's work and um you know and that kind of thing so well you're definitely killing it on instagram i mean you got like eighteen thousand followers yeah, it's funny though, man. Like, if you look at, it, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't get a lot of interaction on the photos themselves, though. Like, the likes aren't very. Like, I only get like three or four hundred likes sometimes on an image. I'm just, I don't understand why. It's just one of those things about Instagram. Some accounts do really well with followers, and not so well with like uh, the images themselves. It's, it's kind of funky. So. Yeah, I haven't quite figured out the magic sauce myself because, um, I don't know if you follow Jake Egbert. He's in Portland, but you know he's a pretty good, he's a pretty great uh, landscape photographer. But he was pretty, he was pretty under the radar, and then he got super active on Instagram, and I think he like helped, like you know, almost like an Area Fifty One thing where like a bunch of people got together and started promoting each other on Instagram. And now he's like got just a ton of people that comment and like his stuff every time he posts. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it's funny how that works, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sh- 
I wish I could figure out. Although, to your point, it's like, why why do I care about that? Like, it's not like you're doing it to make a ton of money or anything. Yeah, and I think, you know, social media can have a big negative impact too, right? Because it can kind of shape the way you take pictures. It can, uh, it can destroy areas too. Like, the Mossy Grotto has been, like, trampled because of social media. Uh, yeah, and people just disrespecting you know the the areas that we that we love, and it's a it's a double edged sword. You know, I, I love being able to share my work and, and see other people's work and stuff, but um, it's it does it does become you know it, it, it's tough sometimes. I mean, it really is. <clears throat> yeah. So, do you feel like um, I kind of feel the same way? Like it's uh, I feel like social media is a powerful powerful instrument but it it definitely can bring out the worst in people oh absolutely man the minute someone gets behind a keyboard they can you know do whatever they want because it's not like you're talking to someone in person you know and i think that's something that people need to realize like even critiques on photos and things there's a good way to do it there's not a good way to do it you know like you, you really gotta stay humble and and just be nice to people and say you know maybe this doesn't work so well but Try this or something, you know, not just like slam someone for trying something that maybe just didn't turn out the way they wanted it to. Um, it's it's hard. It's 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 a fine line too, you know, because you never know how people are going to receive a critique, things like that. So it's, that's yeah, that's kind of a can of worms. But <laughs> well, and I I think you bring up a good point too. You know, a lot of a lot of people um, they take photos because they think they will do well on social media instead of taking photos because it excites them or because it speaks to them and i i find that really interesting because i've actually i've actually fallen into that trap in the past when i lived in portland i did a lot of that and i look back at my work when i lived there and i'm like you know some of this is pretty much shit like because I wasn't doing it for myself. Yeah, no, exactly, man. Like, it's it's funny. Like, um, a lot of people are going for the wide angle, low foreground, you know, like really trying to get the all the flowers up in there and do that thing like the stuff that Ryan and, you know, a lot of the other guys have been doing for a long time and Mark and everybody else. And, um, and you know, it's over the years, like, that's just, I just realized it's, it's not, I love doing it once in a while if I see a scene that really compels me, but I'm not going to do it for likes or for, fame or whatever you know like i don't know like if, if that's what you like taking images of that's awesome you know if, if you're doing it for yourself that's great but i don't think you should let social media really hinder your artistic viewpoints and ability like don't don't look at it as a constraint you know and i think that's a lot of people you know fall into that trap and it's just it's kind of too bad because i feel like there should be you know, there's a lot of people out there that could do some really amazing stuff but they kind of get they kind of fall into doing the same sort of image like over and over again you know yeah or the same same exact composite co- composition that they saw someone else do yeah. or whatever yeah and i mean i get that to a certain degree because you want that you want that photo in your in your portfolio you know there's some places where you just like horseshoe bend or something you know where it's kind of hard to do something you know yeah monumentally different than what other people have done you know but I mean, if you're, if you're given the opportunity to go out to these places, and I mean, I know, like, a lot of times, I'll, before I go on a trip, I'll kind of scout compositions on 500px or different people's websites to see what people have done. And when I get there, I'm like, ah, okay, that's how they took that. And then I'll try and put my own spin on it or do something a little bit different because, you know, that's what's great. You're an artist. You have free will to do whatever you want. 
you know? And I think people kind of forget about that because they get so bogged down. Yeah, I totally agree, man. It's, uh, it's, it's too bad, but it's definitely something I, you know, I had to learn it the hard way, you know? I, no one told me. I just kind of realized it one day. I was like, what, what am I doing? <laughs> this is a waste of my time. Like, why am I doing this? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, in my processing, I kind of got nailed by Mark a few times on 500. I actually heard about that. Yeah, and like, <laughs> and, and like after that happened a few times, I was like, all right. And uh, then I kind of refined things, stepped, dialed it back a little bit. Then Mark was like, oh, this looks really nice. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of on the right track then. That's great. <laughs> so, I actually think I know which photo it is, too, from the enchantments. Um, There was that. There was one of those. And then... Um, the other one was from uh, the big. The big rant was from uh, Gorton Creek. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did some light painting in there, and like he let me have it on that. He's like, I've never seen light like that. Blah blah blah. And, like just went on this big tangent, which is ironic to me since he's like dropping skies now and stuff. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, I realized at the same exact time that um, that I you know, shouldn't shoot for other people. I also realized, like, I should also not give a fuck what other people think. Because, um, honestly, like, I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for me. And if someone likes it, cool. If they don't, I don't care. And yeah. that's, yeah, I'm not doing it to boost my ego or get people to like me. I'm doing it because I enjoy it. And that's all that matters to me. Yeah, no, I love, I, that's, that's the thing, man. Like, doing your own thing now is, like, I think the best way to do it. Just kind of, Steer clear of all the BS and just focus on your work and focus on what you like doing and why you're doing it, you know? Um, exactly. The guys that do that, in my opinion, are some of the, the best photographers out there because they just don't, they, you know, they cancel out the noise. They don't listen to crap. So. Yeah, or they just, you know, they don't even pay attention to the comments or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, well, whatevs, you know, they, they're, they're obviously having a bad day. It sucks to be you. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I tell people. It's like, you know, it's art. Like, there's always going to be someone who doesn't like what they see, and that's okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, people hated some of the stuff that Ansel Adams put out, but guess what, you know? I mean, it's just... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's funny. I was looking at, I'm looking at your website, and, uh, uh, I see this shot, and I, I don't know, I I thought of this shot myself, but then I noticed you have this shot, and then I noticed uh, recently uh, this photographer named Perry, uh, I can't remember, Shalat, Shalat, yeah. Yeah. she has yeah. the exact same shot too, and it's basically a perspective blend of Mount Hood um, with like the lupin and oh, yeah. wildflowers, yeah. but it's a perspective blend, and I'm like, I took that shot too, it's like, I guess I wasn't that unique. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny because, like, I think Mark was the first person I saw that did that with the moon over Mount Hood, but I think he used a telephoto for the entire thing, supposedly. I don't know the story behind it, but, um, and when I was out there, that just wasn't possible with the conditions, so I was just like, all right, well, screw it, I'm just going to do a perspective lens, <laughs> so that's, that's, yeah, it, because of the way the hills roll there, I'm assuming you shot at DMR? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the way the hills roll there, like, you get all those, like, just hills, and then right behind it, you have Mount Hood, and you're like, oh, I can just envision the whole, this frame in my mind, but I know that it's technically impossible yeah. to do it with one lens. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely is. It's just, it's... Because Mount Hood's so far away. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, man. That's, that's one of those things, like, 
don't let your equipment constrain you so much too. Like, you know, they always say like, don't, you know, the, it's, it's kind of a fine line between what the limitations of your equipment can do and what you can do in post-processing, right? I mean, because you don't want to like go overboard, but at the same time, you've got to understand that your camera can't always do things, you know, the way, the way that you're, that you're looking to have it done. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's kind of a, it's, it's tough sometimes. Oh, ex absolutely. I mean, even our own eye doesn't see things the way the cameras do. It's, yeah. you know, it's the whole like, oh, that's not real. It's like nothing in photography is real. <laughs> yeah, it's like a perceived reality, you know? Right. <laughs> like that's the beauty of photography is like you're presenting a version of the world that you see as an artist. Yeah, exactly. And that's what makes it so much fun because we all see it differently. And that's what I love about night photography. It's like, you, first of all, no one can see dust lanes with their naked eye, you know, like you're not seeing the Milky Way core that clear no matter where you're at. No. But if you have a camera, you can actually see that stuff and it's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And night stuff, I, I definitely want to do more of that this summer. I did a little bit last year, but um, I'm looking forward to getting happy with a little bit more this summer. Yeah, totally. So one of the things I ask all of my uh, interviewees is to... Um, Kind of give give other photographers some advice from your experience based on the title of the podcast, which is F-Stop, Collaborate, and Listen. Oh, man. So, <laughs> let's see here. Kind of a tough one. So, basically, like, I guess the, my advice that I would give people when they're, when they're first starting out with this whole thing, you know, is... Um, number one, when you're first starting out, experiment a lot and do things and learn your system, learn your camera, learn what f-stop actually is. Cause there's a lot of people that don't even know what that is. They shoot on average priority or whatever, you know, they don't, they don't experiment with their camera and actually get to know the settings. So, um, you know, learn your system and also be aware that you have no limitations as far as what you want to do creatively. Like get out there, explore, don't let social media hinder what you want to what you want to accomplish, don't let, you know, other people bog you down, just do you and focus on your art and creating your vision, you know, and, um, and you are going to meet some amazing people along the way. Like I, I can't thank photography enough for all the connections that I've made over the years. It's, it's, oh, totally. it's been unreal. You know, it's, it's something that, um, you, you can't, I mean, you really, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's just amazing. It really is. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and once in a while, open your ears. You gotta, you gotta listen to. It, I mean, critiques and stuff sometimes can really be positive, depending on how you look at things. Uh, totally. And I think it's important for people to realize that people aren't necessarily out to get you if they critique your work. It may be that they want to help you, and they really think that your stuff is good. But they could take, you know, help you take it to the next level, or or something like that. You know, and and I've gotten advice over the years that's been. Um, so freaking helpful, you know, like it's, it's, it's just been fantastic. And, you know, yeah, sure. There are times when I get a critique and I'm like, man, I'm seriously, what the hell? But other times, <laughs> you know, like this is great. This is, this, this is really, someone took the time to write their thoughts down and, and really give you an idea of, you know, their viewpoint on something. And it's, uh, it can be really helpful too. and really rewarding. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, they just might see something that you don't. And sometimes like, yeah. I'll take that under advisement and I still like what I did, but thank you. Or sometimes it's like, oh my God, you're so right. Like 
That would make it so much better. Yeah, no, absolutely. Even if it's just a crop or, you know, just something, something differently, you know, something, seeing something different than what, because when you, that's the other issue is like when you stare at your photo for, you know, four hours, whatever it takes you to process it and don't, and you get up, walk away, come back, whatever, you're the only person looking at it. And it's right. it really hard because you don't necessarily know if you're missing something. So it's cool to kind of develop relationships with people. Um, like my buddy Max Foster, like I, I shoot him images once in a while and say, hey, does this look like crap? You know, <laughs> um, and it's cool to bounce ideas off of each other, you know, and that's what's great about if you build good relationships within the community and get to know people really well. Um, it kind of gives you an opportunity to, to, to use those avenues, which is pretty neat. Absolutely. OK, Chris, one more question. Um, so if you were on your iPhone uh, looking at your you know, checking out the podcasts that are coming up or whatever. And you, you got a notification that said, um, F-Stop Collaborate and Listen just recently new, a new episode with so-and-so photographer. Who would you be really excited uh, to for that person to be? Um, like, really wanted to hear that uh, interview. Um, that's a tough one. I would say, like, you know a cat that that doesn't come out much? Miles Morgan. Yeah. You know, like seriously, like he he's cause like David, Ryan, those guys, they're they're on social media a lot and stuff, but Miles is like off the grid all the time. Like he just got an Instagram account, like this year. <laughs> I know. He started he started liking my photo and I was like, What? Yeah, yeah. Miles Morgan <laughs> liked my photo, hell yeah. <laughs> It's it's I haven't even seen him since Ryan's wedding, so that that would be a fun podcast because I know he's got stories, and I'd always love to hear his side of it versus Ryan's, you know. So, oh, and I've heard he's a hilarious dude. Oh, dude, yeah, he is he is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. that that would be a fun one. Uh, David Thompson too would be awesome too. If you well, actually, got David coming up. Sweet man, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I got him scheduled in uh, early June. Nice, man. And definitely Ryan, too, if you can ever get some. I know he's busy. <laughs> yeah, I reached out to um, to Candace, and she never responded, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, they're they're all traveling and stuff. I know how that is. It's good right. It's all good. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, cool, man. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been really cool talking to you. I, you know, we've been talking online forever and stuff like that, so it's cool to have you on. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. This is uh, this is really cool. I'm looking forward to listening to the, uh, the upcoming... Uh, Upcoming interviews, good stuff. Yeah, absolutely.